This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are kicking off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Damon Cotton, he's behind the wheels of steel. Your boy, Q, here. Before we took a break, we threw out there on the uh, on the airwaves into the into the world of radio, <laughs> into the listenership. We threw it out there. A question I threw out there. Who do you believe will be the key to this year's defense? Last year, Malik Collins was meant to be or is supposed to be the guy uh, in the middle of that defensive line. He was going to be the key, and it didn't work out very well. Uh, had some really good comments already on the Raider Nation listener line. Also, we have the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword r Tom has already used that as well as a texter that I'm very excited about. FedEx Raider in Denver and FedEx Raider in Denver uh, could be listening at Raiders.com or the TuneIn app. If you search uh, Raider Nation Radio 920, you can find it, of course, on our website, LVSportsNetwork.com. But uh, the Raiders mobile app works very well. Just look for radio and click on that and you'll be good to go. But FedEx Raider in Denver, shout out to him, said, I believe Yannick Ngakwe is the key to the defensive line. If he starts racking up those sacks, I think you'll start seeing him get double team, and that could free up other guys on the line. Uh, again, that is from FedEx Raider in Denver, talking about Unique Ngakwe being the key to the Raiders' defense, and he's definitely going to be a big factor. I do think that him and Max Crosby have an opportunity to do some really good things on that defensive line. Um, I, I do believe that somebody in the, med- in the middle playing that three-tech has got to emerge as a difference maker has got to emerge as a guy that can really get it done. So a uh, Patrick Mahomes, so a uh, Justin Herbert, so uh, whoever's throwing the ball in Denver can't step up in the pocket. Yeah, you want the pressure to come from the edges, but you also want to be able to close out that pocket. you got to get pressure up the gut. Doesn't the Gerald McCoy visit like signify that they don't know if they have that guy? Absolutely. So it's like it's you're or, saying, and or, I, it, it does seem, or they're very, just getting a you know trying to get another body in there as a rotational piece to no you know. no no. There's about like eleven guys in camp right now. They don't need another rotational piece. Well, I mean, do you think that Gerald McCoy is the end all be all even for a year? Do you think that he's the answer? If he's got it, yeah. Ah, uh, he's coming off a pretty big injury. I know, but it's one of those things like you know if he's got it, if he's you gotta, got it, you got to kick the and tires. That's why, and that's why they're kicking the tires on him to see if he's got it. He might not. You know, I'm, just because he's in visiting doesn't mean he's going to get signed. Yeah, but I but I do think that he fits the mold more of it right. seems like what they're looking for. If he's been there, off, done that. If we're going to go off that Ted tweet, right. he is one he he fits the build. Right, of course. And he spent, you know, time in Tampa Bay and you know, he knows the kind of defense, he knows the kind of uh, what what Rod Marinelli is going to want on that defensive line. So, yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He does fit the bill. Now let's see if he passes the the test that they have at the facility in Henderson as they kick the tires on him. We'll see. But let's go out to, and I know I got cover three NFL news and notes of the day coming up in a few minutes, but let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line and talk to our guy, Raider Mike. You're on Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind, my man? What's up, Brother Q? Chilling, man. Thanks. Um, I lived in Florida up until my divorce this year, uh, so I I worship SEC football. I watched it constantly. And Brian Edwards, I knew the day we drafted him was to steal the draft, one of them anyway. I mean, he used to torch the best defenses in college football single-handedly with mm-hmm. a bad quarterback. So, 
I have no surprises about what he's doing in camp right now. And I know you don't want to get too confident, Q, but I would. Okay. I mean, he's that kind of guy. There he's, it is. He's got those vice grip hands just like Tio had. He doesn't drop the ball ever. And he's very physical. You can't manhandle that guy. You just can't. He'll manhandle you. So I think that's what, you know, it's been one of the most criticized drafts in history, but I think we'll get the last laugh. Secondly, I'm contemplating seven hours from Oak Ridge, Tennessee to Ken. So I'm nice. contemplating, I'm thinking. And if I do make it, this is what I want Drew Pearson to go up to the podium and say. You know, there's a guy that played for the Raiders <laughs> who just left this mortal, mortal coil that had 800 more yards in receiving than I did. He had 20 more touchdowns than I did. And he had two more Super Bowl rings than I did. And yet, somehow, United the Living Basehead writers and voters voted me in front of him. Correct that mistake soon, people. I know he'll never do that speech, but it's got to happen. There it is. I like it, man. I like it. Good stuff, Raider Mike. And uh, uh, I, I love the uh, you know the confidence there in Brian Edwards and what he can do. And I do think he has the capability. You know, like you said, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I don't want to, you know, hype up a guy and say, hey, this is what he's going to be and pencil him in for a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns. But man, it's hard not to like what you see from Brian Edwards. Again, it's early. It's only August 4th. But man, again, if there's a guy to kind of get behind and, and feel like you want to support, that will be the guy. Next up, let's talk to Raider Don. You're on Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, Q. What's going on, my man? Chilling, man. Chilling. First off, me and my son are packing as we speak. We're ready to head down to Canton, Ohio. Nice. Take that six-hour trip from Philly. Nice. I hope to see you guys there because I know you're doing a show, so I'm yes, looking sir. forward to that. Yes, sir. But anyway, the, the defensive guy I'm looking at this year is the quarterback of the defense, and that will be Nicholas Morrow. Ooh. I think he needs to have a big year and can, can take care of the linebacking crew. And i got one question for you, Q. Okay. I haven't really heard too much about uh, Littleton in uh, training camp. Yeah, did you see him, and what's he look like? Yeah, and thank you for the call, Raider Don. I appreciate you, and uh, have a safe trip to Canton. And, yeah, I hope to see you as well. As long as my flight comes through, like the first of the month, I'll be there. Uh, but, yeah, as far as Littleton goes, uh, he's, he's there. He's out there doing his thing. He looks like he's, you know, uh, quicker than he was last year. He looks like the, it, the, the defense, he understands it more. Uh, as far as, you know, what's he looking like as, as far as size, I mean, he's, he's not any bigger. It doesn't look like he hit the weight room or anything. He just he kind of looks like, you know, Corey Littleton, and he's, he's out there. Uh, attempting to, to make it happen. I like the, the the pick of Nicholas Morrow. He's been a guy that's been pointed out multiple times by Coach Gruden. Uh, Gus Bradley's pointed him out as well. Uh, he, he could end up being a factor, man. This could be a year that all of a sudden Nicholas Morrow is a dude that we're talking about at the end of the year. Uh, but as far as Corey Littleton, I think, I think we'll see. Uh, he's one of those guys where it's all about his speed and his reaction and what he's able to do. I don't think that that translates right now. Give it to us straight. Is he running with the ones or the twos? Yeah. No, he's right with the ones. Okay. Yeah, no, he is. I just don't think that what he's doing right now is going to translate that 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 well. I, I just, while they're doing, they're not going 100% all the time. I, I just don't think that you'll be able to see him shine, which again, his speed and him being able to, you know, react and make plays is what, what separates him. What he does doesn't show up that well in practice is what you're saying. Pretty much. Okay. How about that? That's right. a, that, sounds, <laughs> that sounds good. Let's get one more call and then we'll take a quick break. How about Rich in Oaktown? What's on your mind, my man? Hey, what's up, Q? Chilling, man, chilling. 
Hey, I'm happy to hear you back on the radio waves, man. I missed you. Man, thank you. Miss being here. Yeah, man. Congrats. Um, I know you've been working hard at everything you do, man. Just just to let you know that we appreciate everything you do for Raider Nation. And um, I think I agree with the last caller talk about Nicholas Morrow. I might be going, you know, I might be doing too much right now, but, man, I feel like he, he's a future all-pro, you know. And I'm going to say that, you know, I know some people are going to be like, what the hell? But, you know, <laughs> watching him play. Watching him play last year, he's getting better every year. I really feel like Nicholas Morrow is going to be one of the best defensive players that we had in a long time. And I agree with the other caller talking about Brian Edwards. You know, he has all the physical tools, but what we need to see out of him, he needs to stay healthy. Yep. You know, yep. if he stays healthy, him and Ruggs, you know, Ruggs putting on all that muscle, man, I feel like we could really have something special going on on offense. We know Derek Carr is going to do what he has to do. I would like to see Derek Carr use his legs a little more and uh, have a little more confidence in himself. You know, sometimes he'll he'll think twice about making a throw. I just want to see him sling it. You know, I'm I'm gonna be I'm supporting my QB. You know, I've been I, I talk a little smack about Derek Carr sometimes, but hey, it's a fresh start to a new season. Let's get it going. I'm glad to have you back on the airwaves. Let me know if you need a co-host because I'm right here, brother. I appreciate it. I appreciate it right there. Rich in the 510 right there. Oakland, California. Not mad at that at all. Uh, yeah, man, it's great to be back. It absolutely is, and I'm glad that uh, you're happy that I'm back. I'm glad, to, uh, like I said, glad to be here. As far as, uh, you know, Brian Edwards goes and, and Henry Ruggs, those guys, I do think, from what I'm seeing, just from what I'm seeing early, I do feel like that chemistry with Carr is is coming along, and that's important because he will throw it up there. If you remember back in 2016, how many times did he let it rip and let, let Crabtree go get one? Or how many times did he throw it up and let Coop go get one? He did it a lot. He did it multiple times, and that's because he trusted those guys. If he trusts them and has that chemistry with them, he'll let it rip. He just won't let it rip if he don't trust you. So I, I do think that what they're doing right now in camp is important to continue to build on. Henry Ruggs was... Very, as uh, as a matter of fact, and went out there and put on that, that 13 pounds of, of muscle that you were talking about, that's going to help him in the long run. Brian Edwards, he's continuing to grow and, and, and get stronger and get better in the game. And again, being healthy is something he talked about today, that you know being healthy is a major key for his success. And that's, that's what everyone needs to see is Brian Edwards continue to stay healthy. So thank you so much for those calls. Definitely appreciate you. Coming up at 3.30, Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. She was out there at practice today. We'll talk to her about that. I'll also have to ask her about the Gold Cup because she was there, not as uh, someone covering the game, but just as a fan. So we'll have to ask her about that as well. But when we come back, we'll take a quick break, come back with Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Coming up at 3.30, Cassie Soto, Las Vegas Review-Journal, does a great job there. Uh, she was out at practice today, so she got a lot of different thoughts from what she was able to see. We'll ask her about Brian Edwards. We'll ask her about the defense. We'll ask her about the direction that she feels this team is going. We'll do that at 3.30. But right now, it's time to dip into some NFL news and notes of the day. We like to call it Cover 3. It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And this, we got to start things off for everyone who has a daily routine, everyone who gets up in the morning and they just have something that they have to do. Some people get up and they'll go and make a they'll make a smoothie or they'll make or, or they'll make a cup of coffee or they'll do something to kind of get their day going. My routine every single day before I go on the air, I like to have a rock star. 
That's just that's just who I am. I just like to do that. That's part of my routine. And the funny thing about it is normally these routines that we go through are all in our minds. Like if we don't do it, it's not going to kill us. It's just that it's in our mind where we think that we have to. Like I know damn well if I didn't drink a rock star, I'd still be me. I just feel like I have to do it. It's just part of my routine. Well, Lions head coach Dan Campbell, he's got a routine that blows out any of our routines. It just blows it straight out the water. He starts the day in a major way. I mean, his 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 routine is like mine on steroids. Here's Dan Campbell explaining what he does every day. Well, to normally what I do is I get I'll get two venti. I go you know Starbucks. I get two venti of the pipe with two shots in them. So black eye and both. That's what I come in with. That's how I start the day. So two 40 ounce coffees with two shots of espresso each. So 80 ounces of coffee and four shots of espresso every day is what he's doing. That's how he starts his day, Demond. He's a wild man. He's, I mean, he talks about biting off yeah, kneecaps. You need, you need all that coffee. You need all that caffeine. And you need that energy to bite off some kneecaps. That is extreme. Extreme. Yeah, man. They had some fights today at practice, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like this, this guy, I, man, Dan Campbell, what a guy. Well, a man's man. Detroit's going to be interesting. Detroit's going to be interesting. At least those press conferences are going to be interesting. I remember uh, Deshaun Reed put out on Twitter. He said, well, at least, you know, covering that team, them going 2-15, and 15, at least it'll, be, it'll make some, for some interesting <laughs> it'll make for some interesting conversation. I thought that was funny. Oh, yeah, man. It's just going to be great. Like, you got this. It's just a random day, and he's just talking. He's, he's just his amped, up. He's just amped just like, up talking about how bad they just got skunked. I can see it. I could absolutely see it. But, yeah, there's Dan Campbell. That's how he gets his day started. Way too much for me. 80 ounces of coffee and four shots of espresso. But what was that sound? What was that? Oh, he was just. I've never heard that's that. That's his sound. own sound is, effects. Is that like what, what coffee? What are they? Like, they're putting a little something extra in his coffee. If that's I'm not a coffee drinker, so I don't know. I, I, I'm not. I'm the one guy who does not drink coffee at all. Like, I don't. There's no re- reason for it for me. I, so I don't know what they do when you go into, like, Starbucks and they make all that noise. I don't know. I couldn't tell you what it is. I'm sure it has something to do with making coffee. I just wouldn't know about it because I don't drink coffee. I don't. Why are you yeah, you're laughing like I'm lying? No, uh, it's not that. Never I don't see me with lying. coffee ever. No, you always got your rock stars. Exactly. That's how I roll. How about this? How about rolling like this? Buccaneers have given Todd Bowles a contract extension. Defensive coordinator Todd Bowles gets a three-year contract extension, making him the NFL's highest-paid defensive coordinator. Uh, he had one year left on his deal, but they kind of ripped that up, and this three-year deal replaces it. But it does not stop him from getting a head coaching job if he wants it. If uh, he's able to go get a head coach, coach, coaching job, he can. But uh, he does have a nice little contract with Tampa Bay. And I'll say this about Todd Bowles. He's a damn good defensive coordinator. I do not think he's a very good head coach. Certain guys are really good at their coordinator positions and not so much at their head coaching positions. I think that's Todd Bowles. So no, I'm going to blame it on the Jets. Um, I'm just going to blame it on Todd Bowles. Come on. You said like we the head coaching record. The, come on. The win-loss record. Why does it fall He's on them? He's not come a on. very good you know what? head You're coach. You're right. There should not be a win-loss record for head coaches in this specific He's case. He's just a really good coordinator. There's certain guys across the league that are great coordinators. You know what? Let's, let's, let's keep it close to home. I think Gus Bradley's a better defensive coordinator than he is a head coach. I mean, let's let's keep it real. Let's keep it real. There's certain guys. Norv Turner was like that. Not very good head coach. Really good offensive coordinator. That's okay. Everyone doesn't have to be the Chiefs. Are you going to tell these coordinators not to dream? No. And I'm not going to tell them not to do it. I just think that sometimes you're better at sometimes you're better at being you know being the the worker bee instead of the queen bee. But they're going to fail every chance if you give them the opportunity. 
I don't know, they, they might well, not, not like fail, they but might they're, they're going to try. Gonna try. They're, they're going to turn. They're going to take that opportunity because I feel like it's so few that you like. Um, was it Dick LeBeau? Yeah. Yes, that was just like he's like I'm fine being a defensive coordinator. Right. But I feel like now no, just like not I mean, ego, at, but it's just like I want to be a hit coach. Look at Vic Fangio in Denver. Vic Fangio, damn good defensive coordinator. Been in the league for many many moons as a defensive coordinator. He finally got a job as a head coach in Denver, and what's the outcome? Eh, it's okay. It's okay. He's not great. Could be better. It could. It could be a lot better. It, it, they need a quarterback first of all, but he's the defense looks good. You know why? Because he's a damn good defensive coordinator. It's just how it is. And all he's saying to himself is, man, once we get that quarterback, things are going to things are going to be looking up. Everybody is not a great head coach, which is basically a CEO of the team. Some guys are really good coordinators, and there's nothing wrong with that. Tom Cable, really good offensive line coach, not really a head coach. You know, it's just being real. I don't think he'd even disagree with me. He might a little, but I just because then you say I, somebody can't do something. No, it's not that you can't do it. It's just that you're better than you're at, at your certain position. That's it. It's not. It's it's nothing wrong with it. You're you're good at something. It's just not being the head coach. <laughs> so I just think Todd Bowles is much better in the position of a defensive coordinator. How about this? Giants offensive lineman Joe Looney retired. He signed on with the Giants. He was formerly of the Cowboys. He signed on with the Giants on July 31st. It is August 4th, and he is retired. A lot of people are making, making uh, you know, uh, uh, have a bunch of question marks because the Raiders have had a bunch of guys retire. This is a guy who retired pretty quick, Joe Looney. And it's real simple. Just said his body couldn't hold up anymore. Joe Looney has never really been an everyday starter. He started when um, Travis Frederick was out for the, the Cowboys when he was dealing with that, uh, that gear on. Um, Barrow syndrome. You know that that I, I said it wrong. I said the the name is it's Gire. No, I ain't never heard of that one. No, it's Gaye Barrow syndrome. It's, it's it's a it's a nerve thing. It's it's really really it's it could be really bad. I, I hate that I said the the what it's called wrong. But he started that year when Travis Frederick was out, and then Frederick came back. He's a really good offensive lineman, but he's retiring. He just hey I I can't do it. I gotta uh, I gotta walk away from the game. He was a fourth round pick out of Wake Forest in 2012 by the 49ers. Uh, spent three years in the Bay. Then he went to Tennessee, joined the Cowboys for five seasons, and he started 12 games for the Cowboys in 2020. So good, uh, good player, good player. But after being in the league for so long, just said, "Hey, man, you know it, it's it's too much." Uh, his agent said Joe always felt when his body didn't respond the way he needed it to, it'd be time to step away. He has too much respect for the Giants and offensive coordinator Jason Garrett to not do that. Uh, so, and then his retirement came following the Giants' big practice brawl that led to a team-wide discipline. Uh, running laps by Joe Judge. <laughs> and speaking of Joe Judge, did you hear what he said? Did you hear what he said about the about that brawl and what he actually thought about the brawl? Mm-hmm. And I hopefully I could pull this up really quickly because if not, then it's going to be bad radio. And I'm not going to do that it. That it was good for team morale. No, no, no. Basically, he said that, and I don't know the exact quote, and I hate that I don't know the exact quote. Oh yeah, I do. Here we go. Uh, and this is from Wesley Steinberg on Twitter. Giants head coach Joe Judge on yesterday's brawl. I'm not gonna lie, it turned me on a little seeing the guys that passionate. That's gotta be. That's gotta be like a. That's that's a that's a meme account or something, right? No way this man said that. He said it. That that's like that's like a, a fun a fun account. He said it. It's definitely not a fun account. It's gotta be. It's not. Scott, we got, not, a, we got a blue check mark. That's why the blue check marks are important. No, we got a blue check mark next to this game. There's a lot of guys that don't have blue check marks. <laughs> I don't even think Dan Campbell's going that. He's not even that fired up about a fight. I'm practice. just saying. I'm just telling you what it says. You can question it all you want. Fin- uh, 
<laughs> Final little note for Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day now that you uh, kind of derailed it or tried to derail it. I didn't derail anything. I know. I just got to blame it on somebody. I got to blame it on somebody. So instead of me bringing it up, I thought I'd just point the finger at you, and unfortunately you caught this. Uh, how about this? I think this is pretty cool. Uh, and this Mick Akers put it out there from the Las Vegas Review Journal. He said, in anticipation of the first preseason game Saturday, August 14th for the Raiders, football fans will get a first look at the Bud Light Beer Garden, the ultimate tailgating experience created by MGM Resorts. And how are they going to do that? Well, with former Raider Marshawn Lynch, he's going to make an appearance at the first Bud Light Beer Garden pregame experience located between Luxor and Mandalay Bay for the Raiders' August 14th preseason game against the Seattle Seahawks. So how about that, Raider Nation? You're going to get Marshawn Lynch in the tailgate area. And that's something I'm going to ask Cassie Soto about when she joins us coming up in the next segment is tailgating at Allegiant Stadium. I know a lot of Raider fans have questioned what it's going to look like, what's it going to be like. It's not going to be like the Coliseum. We've heard all that. I get it. But she was out there. She was out there for the Gold Cup, and I know there was a lot going on in the parking lot. She put out some videos. It was pretty well documented. So we'll ask her about the tailgating experience as well so Raider Nation could know what to expect. But I think that's pretty cool that Marshawn Lynch is going to make an appearance at the first Bud Light Beer Garden pregame experience located between the Luxor and Mandalay Bay for the Raiders' August 14th preseason game against the Seahawks. That's a Saturday. I look forward to that, being there in person and being able to hang out and see what's going on and maybe – Go on over there and holler at Marshawn. Little town business, you know? One 510 guy to, to another 510 guy. I don't know what any of those letters mean or those numbers mean. 510 <laughs> is, is the town, man. Richard Oakland called in earlier. He called in from the 510. Man, 510. <laughs> 326 is the time. DeMond's not impressed, but that's okay. Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal. She's going to join us next. She'll talk about what she's seen in a training camp. She'll talk about the Gold Cup and the experience in the parking lot prior to the match on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. That's all coming up next on Unnecessary Roughness. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Hall of Famer Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs> hey, Raider, hey, Raider Nation, this is Marcus Allen. You're listening to Radio Station 920. Say Raider Nation Radio 920. Raider Nation Radio Station 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Marcus Allen is a Hall of Famer. He's just not a Hall of Famer when it comes to impromptu drops, immediate drops on the radio station saying, hey, do it real quick. And, uh, yeah, he had to think about it. But shout-out to Marcus Allen anyway. He was a good sport. Uh, it is Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. we got Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. We're going to get to her in just a quick second. I did want to pass along this text message from the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. From my guy Leon back in the Lone Star State. Say, what's up, my brother from Texas? It's Leon. He said, Dakota's hurt again. <laughs> Talking about Dak Prescott and his shoulder injury. And then he said, hello, Q. So shout out to my guy, Leon. Definitely appreciate you chiming in, man. Uh, listening by way of uh, LBSportsNetwork.com or else uh, also on the Raiders app at uh, Raiders.com. Uh, you can check it out. But uh, right now, let's get to Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal. And Cassie, we appreciate your time this afternoon. Saw you out there at training camp earlier today. And before we get into training camp, I had to ask you, and I know you went as a fan, and I know the results weren't exactly what you wanted, but the Gold Cup was played at Allegiant Stadium on a Sunday. It was a hell of an event. I watched it at home. Uh, but I know you were there in the thick of things. What was the atmosphere like outside on the way inside Allegiant Stadium? Just the whole tailgate experience. What was that like for you? Wild with, like, 30 eyes. Nice. It was 
crazy. Real quick before I get into that, since we're doing area code shout-outs, let me give a quick shout-out to the 805 real quick. Nice. You got 805 fans. Uh, my Uncle Fernando, quick shout-out real quick. Anyways, back to business. What's up, Fernando? Yes. What's <laughs> up, Uncle? What's up, Unc? Big Unc? The, uh, the atmosphere was incredible. And like you said, I was obviously uh, was cheering on Mexico. And the fans there, they... Mexico fans, and I'm, I'm sure it's very close to Raider fans, travel so well and are so, so passionate about their team that they go all out. Like, you think extra, and then you double that when you think Mexico fans being extra. You had the bandas out there. You had people dressed up like Aztec warriors. Like, people got so into it. And it was just such a cool experience, and, and it made me excited for what's to come. I was in that stadium empty. Last year, and to see it was, I think the announced attendance was like 61,500. To see and more importantly, like feel right, those people and the um, the energy was was electric yeah and that's what it seemed like it was coming through the, the speakers on the tv but of course not being there i didn't get the full meal deal experience just how loud was it when when that crowd started roaring just what what was that like in anticipation of what it'll be like monday night football when the raiders take on the ravens it was like so loud so loud when you had like the national anthems going you know right before kickoff like it was I mean, I, I want to. I'll be honest with you. My, my memory is a little fuzzy. But from <laughs> what I do remember, I'm not going to lie here. I won't lie to the people. The memory was a little fuzzy <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> I love it. But it was so loud. And like I said, like, it, but it felt like, like in some stadiums, you know, when it gets really loud and you feel like people are on top of you or you feel like, you know, just like congested. Right. It felt so open. Like, you look around and you can see almost every seat full, but it felt like just like fresh, like almost fresh air was pumping through there. And they didn't have the lanai doors open, but like with the with the translucent, like the translucent, um, the roof, like feeling it, it felt like indoor outdoor kind of feel. So I mean, like I I hope you know fans listening will will get to to go to a game or to get to get inside of there and go to an event to to feel it and hopefully a sporting event because i'm sure it's different like than a concert you know vibe and um but for that event it was there's no words yeah i'll tell you right now i'm anticipating that monday night football game just to be an electric scene i mean monday night football the first game that fans could be in allegiance stadium all eyes on that game across nfl it's vegas i mean it's the stars are aligning. I mean, it really is. That's going to be one hell of an event. I'm excited about. Uh, we're talking right now with Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal. You can find her on Twitter at Cassie Soto. And you know, you were out there at training camp today. We uh, talked a little bit. We were able to see some, you know, see some things. It's been nice to be able to cover the team up close and personal and be able to see these guys and and, and monitor what they got going on. So let's start defensively. Uh, what has been your biggest takeaway from this Raiders defense so far early in training camp? Yeah, I mean, they're all looking like they like they put in the work in the offseason. A lot of these guys, you know, are looking a little bit more refined, I would say. Um, coming off of a year, obviously, that was really hard on them. You had some key additions. Now, I think you, I, I heard you ask some people, like, who do you think is going to be, like, the biggest um, contender or who needs to have the spotlight on them in the, in the defense? And I think, you know, I'd have to agree with, like, the unique Ngakwe addition. This is a guy 
who they brought in that obviously is, you know, really good at creating sacks, creating turnovers, and that is taking some of these younger guys under his wing and already, you know, has high hopes for himself and Max Crosby. And I think you see that. You, you know, obviously, you know, I'm recording a lot of the time the player of the day, whoever we're speaking to, so my focus is on them. But you hear and you look off to the side and you see, you know, a lot of these veteran players taking the younger guys and doing some like one-on-one teaching with them. And I think that's what you need in this, especially this young team and especially on that defensive side of the ball. What have been your thoughts on what you've seen from the secondary and, you know, Casey Hayward comes in as the veteran, but they have Trayvon Merrick. He's the rookie. Damon Arnett obviously is a second year guy, but a very, for the most part, young secondary, but it looks like at least from my angle that they're figuring it out. They're understanding what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, if fans haven't seen it yet, or if you haven't mentioned it, that pass breakup from Trayvon Merrick on yep. uh, Hunter Renfro, I believe it was on Twitter. Um, I was already inside for that, but I, I think I saw my Twitter feed blow up with all of you guys <laughs> like, oh man, like this just happened. So I was like, hold on, I got to see the video of this. So yeah, when they tweeted that out, you know, Trayvon Merrick getting at it and, and a guy that, um, I be- yeah, we've spoken to and, and has some high hopes for himself. But definitely the secondary. I, I do try to keep my eye on Damon Arnett because yeah. that's a guy who, you know, got banged up a lot last year and you could tell needed a little bit more help and some more time to learn. And now that he has a full season, uh, off season um, training camp under his belt and is learning, you know, like from those guys that you mentioned and is more focused. I think towards the end of last year, you saw him like doing the dances Mm -hmm. and, you know, like, you know, not goofing off, I guess is kind of the, you know, the word to use there and that he is more focused. Like when a hype song comes on, I'm not going to lie. I look at him and be like, is he dancing or is he paying attention? And for the most part, he's been paying attention. Yeah. You know, and it's funny. I'm glad you mentioned that because I've said that multiple times about Jonathan Abram. I said, I feel like he's come in more focused and more as a matter of fact and, and knows how big of a year this is. And a lot of people think I'm goofing on him or I'm saying that he wasn't paying attention, but it just, it feels different when it's him. It, it, it and what he's doing now. It just kind of looks like he is locked in and he knows, hey, I got a job to do and I need to go out there and do it. Is that is that the vibe you're receiving as well? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like, they're only out there for so long, right? Like, that we see. So the parts that we see, like, it is hard to judge them off of that. We get them for, like, 40 minutes that mm-hmm. I get to shoot on camera. So if I'm seeing them, you know, dancing or goofing off in those 40 minutes, like, you can take that out of context and be like, oh, this guy was, like, you know, joking the whole time. Uh, but But in that moment, like, at the end of the day, a lot of these guys, too, like, they love their job and they want to have fun. Like, this should be fun for them, but you have to know when to separate fun and, like, when it's time to get down to business. And in this time, this time of the year, it's something they didn't really have last year. They couldn't get as hands-on with their, with their teammates, with their coaches. Like, now's the time to get to it and leave the dancing for, you know, when you've got a winning record. <laughs> right, right. Get that turnover, create a turnover, get into the end zone, and then <laughs> and then get your dance on. We're, we're talking right now with Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal on Twitter, at Cassie Soto here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And I got to get to the guy that's getting all the hype right now. That's Brian Edwards coming out of camp the last couple of days. There's been a lot of uh, good feelings about him. I, I feel like, and I asked, uh, I think I asked Brian Edwards about this today, was uh, the 50-50 ball. He looks like he's that guy that can go up and get those and really make it more of a 70-30 or at least 60-40, but uh, what has been your biggest takeaway with Brian Edwards and should fans be getting as excited as as some of the hype would make it sound to be? Yeah, getting that catch and then falling on his booty and rolling over a couple times and, you know, still holding on to that ball, like, good on him, but yeah, as you're right, you know, one-on-one drills right now, you know, they're taking it easy on each other, they're not 
you know, we're not trying to start any full blown brawls like some other teams in the NFL. So <laughs> I'm sure you know they're not trying. <laughs> they're not trying to do all that. Um, but yeah, no, Brian Edwards. I mean, you could tell that this dude really wants to get after it. Talking to him today, some of his answers were a little short. Some of them more in detail that. You know, he was upset that the mental and physical toll that it took on him last year to miss a couple games um, in his rookie season. Like, yeah, that has to hurt from a guy um, that had a lot of high hopes. And to see him, you know, coming into it now and he looks good. He, he's, he, I think it was a Derek Carr that he has strong hands. Like, that's the kind of guy that you want to be able to have as, you know, I'm assuming, yeah, he's going to be a backup or, you know, something like that. He won't obviously be the first target, but a guy that you can have depth, like I think Derek Carr said, when you look at the first, second, and third guys, like there is so much depth, and if Brian Edwards can be a key cog in that, I think it's, it's going to be a huge success for him. Yeah, no, it, it really could be. And, you know, it, it really looking at the wide receivers in general, looking at Edwards and looking at Ruggs, both guys uh, were rookies last year. Uh, they both look like they, they are starting to develop a, a relationship with Derek Carr, a chemistry with Derek Carr. And one thing I've said on the show multiple times today is if he trusts you, he'll throw the ball. And that's something that he kind of said that today in, in, in the media session. If he trusts these guys, he'll throw them the rock. It feels like they're developing a relationship. Yeah, and then he said, he's like, I'll give him one try, two try, and then by the third time, he's like, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think you get three strikes with Derek Carr is how he made it seem. <laughs> yeah, it really did. It, it really did. And uh, Cassie, before I let you go, I did want to ask about the running back position. Uh, we know what uh, the Raiders are getting with Josh Jacobs. We know that. But Kenyon Drake, he was a guy who met with the media earlier today. His answers, uh, unlike Brian Edwards, were very detailed. Uh, what, what kind of a factor, what kind of an X factor do you think Kenyon Drake could be in this offense? Yeah, he. I, I definitely focused in on him. Obviously, like you said, he spoke today, so I was trying to get some video of him. And he looked really good in the drills, just fast, sort of explosive feet, quick feet. Um, and I think that's a guy that, you know, Josh Jacobs, all these guys have said, right, I don't care if I get playing time as long as we win. Like, they want to play. And I think, you know, being able to share time with a guy that you can trust and you know that's going to get the job done is going to be a guy like Kenyon. And like you said, he sounded confident in his answers is, um, coming in as a free agent, so he's learning the playbook, getting to know uh, this offense. And again, back to that trust level, if Derek Carr can trust him, there's going to be a key relationship built there. Talking right now with Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal on Twitter, at Cassie Soto. And what you got cooking over there at the Las Vegas Review-Journal? What, what you got coming out that uh, Raider fans should be on the lookout for? We are getting going. We're bringing back our Vegas Nation Blitz show. It's a weekly Wednesday show, so we'll have a 10-minute jam-packed of all your Raiders news. And then we'll follow it up with a Saturday show, Vegas Nation game day. So, again, Ooh. as always, just go to VegasNation.com and we'll have all of your, your Raiders news there. Man, you got it cooking. You really do. And, and I'll, I'll tell you this, a <laughs> couple quick notes real quick that I got to pass along. One, you were shooting, I think, Derek Carr today, and you got a great picture of the back of my head. So, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad that my fade was on point. <laughs> glad, glad it wasn't a bad hair day, but it uh, got the back of Vinny's head too. And so, you know, we all know how much hair Vinny's got back there. So, uh, you know, it's all good. But uh, seriously, we, I got a tweet from uh, Raiders 2K, and he says, I love Cassie. She admits to not remembering going back to uh, your, uh, your experience at Allegiant Stadium early on, not remembering what was going on. Hey. You know, I got to keep it real here. I had fun. <laughs> I had fun. I had beverages. I had a great time. That's what matters. And I hope Raider Nation, when y'all get in there, you have an experience very similar. <laughs> Absolutely. And do it responsibly. You did it responsibly, responsibly. as well. Yes. There yes, you go. PSA. See, see, unnecessary roughness just became necessary. That's how we get down. <laughs> Cassie, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. I'll talk to you soon.
Thank you. I appreciate you. No doubt. There she goes. Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, she said, what was, uh, what was Uncle's name? What was Unk's name again? Shout out to Unk. Was it, was it Fran? Was it Fran or Frank? You got to turn your mic on, dog. She's already gone. I don't remember the uncle's name. But I did look at her Twitter. She was on Charleston Indicator, kicking it there, too, before the game. Yeah. Those are my old stomping grounds. Used to live in that neighborhood. So, that you know, I looked at that one. You know, Charleston Indicator, we're giving shout outs. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Those cross streets. Well, shout out to her uncle. Shout out to uncle. Shout unk. out to the uncle, too. 805. Represent the 805. Where's that at? I didn't, I didn't want to say. That's uh, Southern Cal, right, Vin? Right. You got to use a mic, too. What, I got to treat Radio 101? I didn't even know that he was going to say something. Well, he's standing in front of a mic. That's what correct. You still got to turn his so, mic on. Uh, but that goes all the way up past Santa Barbara. Hold on. His mic's still on. What are we doing here? We got to take a break and figure this thing out. I got to hear Vinny, man. Vinny's got to be heard. He's got a show to do. I'm telling you, man. This oh, button's wait, there's, not there's, working. There's, there's this one. button's not working. Right, you can there's another mic. Right another mic. There you go. Test, test, test. Yeah. Uh, the 805, which is where I basically grew up, that's Ventura County, uh, but it extends into Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara County, and where Cassie's from is uh, Santa Maria, which is north of Santa Barbara, heading into that San Luis Obispo era by the, uh, area, by the way. Some of the best tri-tip. I know you're a Texas dude. Hey, but I was originally a California dude. So I'm a Bay that's dude. That's true. So dude, man, no, you, there's, know. you just Google Santa Maria uh, um, tri-tip, and that's it's okay. over with. All right. Done deal records. I love it. Hey, you know what I want you to come back with, Damon? I want you to come back with area codes. We're going to take a break, and ah. I want you to come back with area codes because that's very fitting for what we got going out here as we're shouting out the, the area codes here. He's like, I don't even know what song Love that it. is. 344 is the time. We'll come back, close out. We'll talk to Vinny, close out uh, Unnecessary Roughness. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. My boy looking fly. I have to drop it after DeMond backs up and says that Trent Brown's his boy. And I think you said that, what, three times? Never, never said he was my boy. You definitely said my boy. You definitely said my boy. My boy. I give it to you. You Welcome got me back there. to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. And we're back. 3.49 is the time here on Unnecessary Roughness. Radio Nation Radio 920. We didn't get area codes? No area codes? Come on, DeMond. Nah. The 213. Man. 510. 916. 916 is... Sacramento? Yeah, Sacramento. 213. We get it. We get Los Angeles. 212. 212-303. New York. Which one was uh, ATL? 312. 313. I don't know which one. The, uh, now I, I need to. I need to hear the song in my head yeah. so I can go along with it. I don't think that's necessary. I, I mean, think it's one hundred percent necessary. You know what? It I is, know though? this is unnecessary roughness, but that's one hundred percent necessary. You know what it is? The clean version of the song sucks, and I was like, <laughs> I can't do it. I made a business decision. That's like, oh, the clean version of this song. So you just... made a business decision. You didn't confront two of the business owners, <laughs> two of the two of the yes. partners. We're a partnership here, and you yes. didn't you didn't discuss that with the partnership. You just went on your own. The clean version is no good. I've got it here if you want to hear it. By the way, Q, you made a great point in the interview. Great interview with Cassie Soto. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to throw this out at you because when you said it, it just kind of registered uh, in in the old noggin right here. But when you said, and this is a key point. When Derek Carr gets trust with you, yep. All right, it, it's a game changer. And I go back a couple of years ago, especially last year, going into last year, uh, and a lot of fans were like, "He needs to throw the long ball. Throw the long. He doesn't throw the long ball." And I'm sitting there looking at the roster that he was playing with the previous couple of years. I'm like, "Who would you throw it to?" Right. And it's one thing to say you want to throw it, 
Mm-hmm. It's one thing to want to satisfy Joey up in the 300 section to throw it because you know, they're going, throw the ball long, throw right. the ball long. But if you don't have a confidence that somebody on the other end is going to be there right. and make the catch, then you're just doing something just to satisfy somebody without having a confidence or a conviction in it. And I think you saw last year, Derek Carr could throw the long ball. Mm-hmm. We, we've seen this in practice. He could throw the oh, long yeah. ball. It, it's it's more predicated on does he believe that he has somebody on the other side that's going to catch that's going to do ball. something with it right go and get the go and get the ball and that that's the thing man and you saw going back to 2016 that's my my reference when the Raiders did make the playoffs albeit it was a quick quick stay because Derek wasn't there but he used to throw the ball up to Carr or to, to Crabtree he used to throw it up to Coop you know give him the opportunity because he felt like those guys would make a play it looks like Edwards and Ruggs are making plays right exactly and it goes back to I think that Derek Carr is is a, a pretty darn good decision maker and he's not going to do things just frivolous, frivolously or just because there has to be a purpose behind it and there has to be a uh, chance for success right behind it and I agree with you 100% the Brian Edwards connection is definitely happening we're starting to see it more and more with Henry Ruggs as well and what I really like you knew this about Brian Edwards, uh, the catch radius, mm-hmm. uh, the power, the the size, the leaping ability. It was all there, and that's been on full display. But I like what I see from Henry Ruggs going and fighting for the ball as well. And, you know, I think we've talked about this before. I never looked at Henry as a speedster that played football. I always felt he was a football player that was really fast. Right. And, you know, getting the confidence, getting more assertive, more comfortable, all those other things are going to start coming back out of him. It's hard when you're in the NFL and maybe you don't have a great command of what's going on or you're tentative about what you're supposed to be doing, where you're supposed right. to be. And when you're thinking out there, the other, the natural abilities never come to fruition. But when you're not thinking and you're doing things almost secondhand, right. that's when the natural abilities start to really bubble to the top. And we're starting to see that more and more. You know what? Speaking of natural abilities and not thinking, uh, we had a question earlier, and I don't remember who asked, but uh, asked about Corey Littleton. And I know that that's a guy that we've been focusing in on who I think was thinking a lot last year. I don't think you could see a whole lot from what all the linebackers are doing right now, but I feel like Corey Littleton's going to be fine in this new defense. I do. I have one little concern. Okay. Um, and that's and, and Gus Bradley brought this up, and it's a good point. And you go back to his Ram days, and if you talk to some of his Rams people, there's you know a little bit of, hmm, let's see if he's going to be able to do this. And that is in the run support. Gus Bradley talked about, hey, you're going to have to defend that A and B gap now as a run plugger. Right. Are you going to be able to physically stand up uh, in that regard? We know – Gus Bradley said he can he can uh, defend the pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's done that well in his career. You figure he's going to bounce back in that regard. But it's that run defense right. and physically standing up to the run defense. You look at Corey uh, Littleton. He's 220 right now. He looks about 225 right now. But the problem is that he loses weight during the course of the season. He's not the biggest workout warrior guy. Right. Um, there's been some so- shoulder issues that prevent him from getting into the weight room. So as the season goes on, the wear down effect Physically mm-hmm. is something to keep an eye on, and if he can't be that guy that they can rely on as that A B gap run stuffer, you know we'll see. We'll right. see what happens. And and you know talking about Tanner Muse, we were talking about this yesterday. The fact that they're a little bit weak, or the weakness of Max Crosby and Unique and Gogway is run support. Right? Mm-hmm. If you're watching, and we are at practice, yep. where Tanner Muse is lining up, he's usually lining up now to the outside 
of Ngakwe or the outside of Max Crosby, which makes a lot of sense because they're giving them help right. in the run in support. The run support yeah. And Tanner Muse, when you look at him, he's every bit the 6'2", 230 or so that he's listed. And you figure that in that regard, he's going to be able to help out uh, as far as giving some run support to those two defensive ends. And I know you got a lot to talk about on the show coming up from 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle right here on Raider Nation Radio 920, uh, including Gerald McCoy in for a visit. Uh, quickly, what do you think about that? Well, you know, I think that the Raiders will always tell you, any team will always tell you, always on the lookout for um, improvements. And this is a guy that's pretty stout uh, in that three technique uh, defensive tackle position. Maybe they, they're not exactly satisfied with what they're getting uh, on the back, you know, the, the backup role right. in that regard. And so maybe they're looking for something uh, else or something more. Uh, he worked out uh, for the team or is going to work out for the team. I don't think any signing is imminent, but it's right. something to keep track of for sure. For sure. No doubt about it. And again, this is when you start to put the puzzle together anyway. This is the yeah. time that you bring guys in, you kick the tires, you start to see what they have or what they don't have. So uh, what do you got coming up on the show? Definitely going to go he- heavy with uh, the Derek Carr, uh, Brian Edwards uh, connection. I, I also like, uh, are you picking up on the cerebral aspect of Kenyon Drake? Yes, I love it. I love it. Drake I do too. And, and, it, and it seems like there's more and more of that with this Raiders team. Not to knock anybody in the past, but there's a lot of, there's some intellectualness going on, if that's even a word. I will just make it up right now. Uh, that I see from this team, and then usually that bodes well uh, with guys that have an understanding, a perspective, um, and, and it just seems like that's that's becoming more and more with this, with this Raiders team. Absolutely. In the huddle, Vinny Bonsignor is up next on Raider Nation Radio 920.